Good evening. Good evening. Different kind of pre-show. Greg's drinking a cup of coffee. Well, I was. I had to wake up early today. Uh, tried to get some rest, but I couldn't. And um, and I may be getting addicted a little bit to coffee. There's there's <laughs> that to, to consider as well. So, coffee yummy. Yeah, it was funny because. Uh, you know, Greg mentioned, I think we mentioned this previously on the show, that you've been, got the AeroPress for work and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I offered last week, you know, for to put it in an order of the commonplace coffee that we get at work because we get it at wholesale prices for Greg. Mm-hmm. And he ordered a pound. And then like later in the day or it was the next day, he's like, uh, I need to change my order and like put in four pounds of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so either someone's getting addicted to coffee or someone's starting up a little coffee stand at his office. Well, it it was... It was really a combination of both. One, I, I said, you know, anybody who wants to can use my uh, can use my coffee maker, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, because of that, it was going to need to have more beans around. Uh, but the other thing is that, you know, you sent me the the thing about the beans. I was looking at over the two, and I thought, okay, of those two, there's one that I want. And then you also put it like their website. I looked at their website, and there was a bunch of other ones. They were like, wow, mm-hmm. these all sound really interesting. Um and that combined with the fact that I was on my second bag of Giant Eagle ones, and this second bag was not nearly as good as the first bag. Mm-hmm. So I was like, i got to get some new coffee in here. And, you know, I'm going to hedge my bets and try to and, and see if I can get uh, something, you know, make sure I'll get something good. And it turns out that, uh, although they only gave me three of the four. Yeah, they screwed up your order. Because they're, they're fuck-ups. Uh <laughs> The coffee is still all. I tried them all. Yes, yeah, our fuck ups to make delicious coffee. Yeah. Let's turn this up a little bit. Sorry, I'll uh, get closer to the mic if that's better. <clears throat> it's weird. The levels are lower than I would expect. Um, I mean they're not bad. I just get a little bit higher. Part of it maybe that the door is still open. Good. All the sounds escaping. Well, yeah. Well, that would just be like reverb, right? It's not going to get more sound from our voices. Oh, maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> is that me? You? Yeah, that was me. Sorry. Okay. okay. That that was me. I was just downloading something. Ah, that was uh, your download is done. Gotcha. Uh, oh, we, speaking of which, are we even recording? No. Now yet. we are. Now we are. All right. So what's up? What you guys on your list? Um, I'm kind of uh, getting tired of making fun of Buttcoin. Um, <laughs> just one more, huh? It's too easy. Is that what the problem? Is it, it's it's a, it's a combination of problems, right? Okay, part of it is that really I don't hate Bitcoin. I, I hate ANCAP hyper libertarian. Fuck you, got mine, captain of in, captains of industry people, right? Right. Bitcoin is just sort of the bug zapper. They all fly around. <laughs> so it's sort of a way to get at them. Okay. But second is, yeah, as it's dropping and everything, you know, all this stuff is happening. I'm looking at the, at like the Bitcoin forums, a little bit of schadenfreude, right? But also I see people who are just desperate degenerate gamblers or people who are, have obvious mental issues. And I'm just looking at like, it's it stops being fun when these are clearly people with problems. <laughs> uh, it, it it's kind of like 
it's like the way I feel about Scientologists. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I, I hate the organization and I hate the people who are the spokespeople, mm-hmm. but the the people, the relatively innocent people who just got caught up in a cult, I don't hate them. Right. So, yeah, it's, I'm feeling that way with Bitcoin. It's like I hate the people who are, who are promoting it and who are obviously, they're just trying to make money off of the people who are stuck in this cult. But... I and I don't hate the people who are in the cult so much. It's just I feel sorry for them. So um, another thing that's very polarizing, love or hate. I'm not actually sure where you stand on it, but Google Glass got canceled, and I'm not sure what you, what you thought about Google Glass. I I didn't really think much of it one way or the other. I guess okay. I I thought it was it was an interesting kind of attempt at wearable computing, something that people all think is going to get big, but mm-hmm. it's just an assumption at this point. Right. I mean, we've had lots of assumptions that things were going to get big and they never came out. I never really looked at glass. I was always like yeah. waiting for it to be more widely, dis- you know, available yeah. or more widely used. And then I was going to look into it. So, you know, I really, I mean, I, the only thing I know about it is from the, the, the mostly negative hype about right. privacy concerns and all that stuff, right? Um, now you know my my privacy. I don't I don't have an issue right, with that because right. I don't think the privacy is anything to worry about. Well, privacy more so like you got an explorer walking into the men's room with his glass on, right? You know, you know, whether it's recording or not, you know that kind of thing. Again, it's it, it's an issue that that while I understand people having an issue mm-hmm. with it, right? It's just an issue that I that I'm not concerned with. So that never bothered me. Uh, I never really encountered anybody with it, so I can't say. I mean, it's, the pictures certainly make you look a little douchey, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily are douchey or that mm-hmm. you look douchey in real life, douchey in real life with it. You might be able to pull it off, right? Right. He really owns that glass. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I it, it's one of those things that's that's probably more of a before its time type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like Apple's Newton, right? It just, it was, the technology really isn't there. You can try to throw something together, but the technology for it really isn't there. Yeah, I mean, like I guess I don't know much about it. So it projected like a screen like into your eye or? No, you, no, no, it was just oh. a little screen that goes in front of your eye because okay. it's right there. It can have more apparent resolution than it actually does. Okay. And I guess it's another kind of lens type thing or something, right? Right, so and, it can, you can, and you can do sort of those, um, what is it called, the the applied VR when you're... Augmented reality? Augmented reality, right. I mean, so that'd be... I've never seen any of the apps, but, you know, that would be really... Like, people were always talking about how bad, you know, like how you can't use glass when you're driving or whatnot. But having your GPS directions there would be better than anywhere else, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, because they would be in, I guess the problem is they're always in your field of view, or at least so people would complain, right? So if they weren't, if they were opaque, right, and blocking out. Well, I mean, I'm I'm surprised that we haven't, do we have like clear screens yet? Like really good clear screens? Because that, there's a couple vehicles that have, like, I remember Cadillac had a very rudimentary heads-up display on their windshield. But that was a projected thing, right? That was, that yeah. wasn't actually... The displayed on the screen, yeah. and so well, that, I mean, but that's the way when you're not going to want 
you're not going to want to display in your windshield. I think you do because what you want to do is be able to control the opacity. So a reflected, you can't really do that. But if if you have a display in your screen and and it's uh, you know you have transparent transistors and stuff in there, or it's just an overlay, then you can control the opacity of stuff, and you can actually make you can actually have the computer then augment your reality and show you you know the path that you're on, the path you're supposed to be on. You just overlay like green on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would actually work out really well. An actual like active heads up display take a lot of computing power to do it, uh, and it would take expensive screen technology at this point. But once yeah, it, once it gets little, have a little rock come up and yeah, break your break right. your windshield. Yikes! That's the reason I was thinking that a reflected yeah. one would work. I mean, there, there's pretty good technology for for doing a. Um, you know, heads up display. I mean, that's how that's how the fighter jets do their heads up displays, right? They're reflected off of off a of pane of glass, right? So, well, I'm not sure now. I think they actually wear headsets that actually have digital overlays. Okay. I think I think they actually do all that. I I'm pretty sure. I mean, the the old way was projected, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the F-22 has. We could probably look into it. Then again, quickly. I mean, fighter pilot, but like F-18s, F-16s, they had the pane of glass right. in front of the, and that was reflected in, right? right? But the other yeah. thing is, is that flying and driving are very, very different situations. Flying, you're using all your instrumentation around you, and so it helps to have it. Driving is very much a purely visual experience, and you're not really using much instrumentation at all. So getting stuff getting in the way is going to hurt. Right. Yep. You can't just drive on instrumentation. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do I have. We went here. to Gaucho oh, on yeah. Thursday, which has Jeff's been uh, raving about. It was okay. Okay. Yeah. What did you have? You had ribeye, ribeye sandwich, right? Yeah. It was okay. okay. And it was it was a good sandwich. He made a tweet later on saying the mm, Gaucho burps, and I was like. Wasn't I wasn't feeling it, so I think oh, I, I sarcastically okay. retreated back. Like yeah. I didn't see that on the menu or something. <laughs> I don't know. Could taste the sandwich a few hours later. It was pleasant. Or, you know, mm. it's like, mm, but, but I mean, like when I went you. to Thin Man, you were talking that up, and it it was awesome. And you know, you were not the only one talked about gaucho. Other people talked about gaucho, and it was just okay. Okay. I mean, maybe you should try. It. I mean, so I've like the sandwich I had there. I had the rosemary braised beef. I didn't think it was all that great, right? Um, but I like the probably the best two I've had. I've not gone through all the cuts of meat. Um, skirt steak sandwich is pretty good, and the um, I like the chorizo sandwich. That's probably one of my favorites there, even though it's not what their you know main menu item is, right? Because it's not beef, but I really like their chorizo. I don't know. Sounds like we're going to Thin Man the next time you come to the strip mm. for lunch. I'm willing to Which, try it again. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not saying hey, I'm not complaining about going to Thin Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Um, oh, Max and I watched the new Star Wars Rebels today. Lando Calrissian made a cameo on it. It was voiced by Billy D. Williams. He voiced. Uh, Lando in the Lego movie too. Okay, yeah, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He must be loving getting the Lando work. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like Billy D. Williams is a big quantity these days. I mean, I'm sure he. Do we know if he's in the new Star Wars movie? 
Uh, I'm not sure if he is. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't. Because he's kind of really very ancillary to that story. There's no. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a fan favorite. Yeah, people like him. <laughs> More for his voice than for his yeah. acting ability, right? I mean, probably. Yeah, so so the rebels crew met Lando Calrissian. I'm not sure how the he he looked a little too old for being what like. Maybe it's no. I was thinking it's it's maybe it's not as far previous to Empire Strikes Back as I had thought. But it must but, have had a deeper voice in the past too. Yeah, yeah. So the voice is going to be young. <laughs> He's in his seventies, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The voice is going to be a little opposite, right? But uh, let's see, Billy D. Williams. Searching Doug is BDB. What? Doug is what? Doug is DB. Okay. Because whenever Doug talks about IMDB on Douglas oh. movies, he says IMDB. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why is your network so slow? Causes your downloading. <laughs> I don't see him as being put in the yeah, okay. Star Wars. I see him as Star Wars Rebels in Idiot's Array as yeah. Lando Calrissian. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll make a cameo. He was playing cards with one of the characters of Rebels and cheated and got what he wanted you know basically cheated the card game to get the rebels crew to do what he wanted to do so so good old land did he get his did that how he got the millennium falcon i know he got it and he won in the card game and he lost he, he game, won right? he won their astromech droid chopper in the card game hmm. and then he he used that to he had them do some smuggling to so and he gave them the droid back and uh Yes, but he was uh, pretty true to the uh, the deceitful, um, you know, get his own type of Lando before he got grew heart and you know went to go save Han. This is interesting. I'm looking at the the credits right now for the Force Awakens. So Harrison Ford, uh-huh. Carrie Fisher. Uh, I'm just looking at people who are coming back. Mark Hamill, and then interesting enough, Peter Mayhew is coming back as Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Kenny Baker is R2-D2, and Anthony Daniels is... Now, Anthony Daniels is the voice, right? So, mm-hmm. sure, but Kenny Baker... Got... I mean, they could put anybody in that little thing. Uh, I'm almost surprised that it's not... That R2's not all CG. I'm not, because it's... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I said not almost, Lucas anymore. Yeah, it's J.J. Yeah. Yeah, Abrams. Yeah, he does yeah. practical effects. Yeah. That's why I said almost, yeah. because it was Abrams. Yeah, yeah, I knew they were bringing back a lot of the a lot of those costumed characters, right? I mean, I, I don't I don't know if Anthony Daniels will still get into a C three PO costume. I don't know if he did. I, I think he may have on set. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, why Kenny Baker is necessary? Can <laughs> <laughs> I get those whistles just right? <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> be cool if they, they replace this, this this voice with just Kenny Baker going beep bop beep boop, <laughs> boop, boop beep boop, boop. 
Ooh. Whistle! Disappointed whistle! <laughs> Throwing a sad trombone. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah, why Why didn't they program R2-D2 with uh, like some better manner of vocalization? Mm. I mean, it's, it's like they made a droid specifically to translate other droids. When they could just put that shit in there. I mean, just install an app, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Technology was very different a long time <laughs> a long ago. Long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, you know, the, they don't have OSHA. I mean, they, there's a lot of weird things. They don't have railings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, an astromech droid. Its main function is to help fly starfighters, starships, right? Apparently, that's what they're for. Um, Yeah, I mean, think about a lot of the other droids. A lot of the other dumb, dumpy droids could, yeah. could still talk, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was the other way around where C-3PO, you know, a human cyborg relations droid, is one of the only things the droids right. can talk, right? I mean, in, uh, you know, like, in Jabba's droid torture chamber, yeah, right? right. They, they program droids to be able to scream. <laughs> <laughs> People program droid. I think I got that from. I think it was a cracked video, but uh, it was after hours. Yeah, well, as soon as you see it, there you, you yeah, can you never unsee. Well, wait a second, that's fucked up. They're tar- That's how. That's how much they love torture. They were just tort. They're making robots specifically so they can torture them, <laughs> and have robots do the and torture. have robots do the torture. It's like some sick Dick Cheney. You gotta keep those robots in line. Dick Cheney boner fuel or something. So I don't think you've talked about this. You know, since uh, Colbert's off the air, I started watching At Midnight. Uh huh. I didn't know, but this funny thing is, like, when you see the promo at the end of Colbert, like, it, he never says what kind of show At Midnight was. So I thought it was more of a talk show, right? I, didn't I told know. you it was funny. I didn't know. I, Missed it, I guess. Yeah, it, but, uh, it's it, a okay. Before you get into it, I'll, I'll explain how I how how I would explain it, and then okay. you can see it. It, it. It's it's something a little bit akin to a British panel show with comedians where they talk about daily things, but it's all presented under the the, the guise of a of a game show. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what it is is it's it's just an it, it's it's an excuse for funny comedians and, and a lot of podcasters to get around and, and make fun of things that are going on on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's part Jeopardy, part Whose Line Is It Anyway, and the rest Chris Hardwick, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Whose Line, you know, because like the game shows, it's not a game, right? It, yeah. You know, it's just the prop for the the riffing and the comedy and whatnot. Oh, did you see the one with John John Hodgman that was yes. on a couple of days ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great because Chris was talking about the game, and I forget the game's name exactly, but it was about gifts. Oh yeah, right. And he's talking about gifts and gifts, and John's like, "What are those?" And Chris is like, "Graphic interchange format." Oh, you mean GIF? You know, it's just <laughs> right in there. You know, it was... well, be- well, because I I'm sure Hodgman watched it so because Chris has Chris Chris has railed against that before in the past on the show. Mm-hmm. So um, either Hodgman watched the show or he's been made aware that that's a sticking point for Hardwick. So yeah, it kept coming up because, <laughs> but but that first delivery because John yeah. reeled him in. 
and then boom, Jeff. It was great. Oh, Jeff. Okay. I thought Chris had some good heart, uh, good comebacks to that. Yeah. No, he did. Yeah. But I, I, you know, it's just like you didn't see it coming until he delivered. Like, oh man, that that was masterful. How you reeled him in. I know. I I saw it coming a mile away because okay. I knew. Okay. I knew. I knew that's Hodgman's style is to <laughs> is to pretend to care about those things. He's very good right. at that. Right. Yeah, so uh, check out At Midnight if you haven't checked it out yet. It's, it's Very sardonic, uh, so I would describe it. It's, uh, if you like, you know, internet culture type stuff. You know, it's, pretty... it's a great way also for, for you to keep tabs on stuff that's going on in pop culture. So, I, I get informed about things that are going on sometimes because uh-huh. you'll get the latest meme and you'll 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 mm-hmm. know what it is and you'll be presented in, in a funny way. Okay. It's almost always funny. There are occasions when... The comedians are less than stellar, but it's almost always very funny, and you can see why. I mean, they have three people there, um, and they have a writing staff there writing stuff for them mm-hmm. in case the people don't have the best jokes, you know. And they do it. The four editing, times a week. the editing's kind of weird, right? Because they'll be working down the line, and then you know they just flat out edit out something that didn't land right, right? Yeah. you know. And then like it, the way it jumps, like so, like it's a, it's like well, why they, they usually why put up... the third guy have a chance, to, you know? <laughs> but because he he had a dud, right? They right. just cut the whole thing out. Well, that and usually the shows because they usually put up extended episodes on Thursdays, extended uncensored episodes on Thursdays, so you can see like a. Because the show's only, what, 21, 21 or so minutes. minutes. Yeah. Usually the extendeds are 30 to 35. Mm-hmm. And so you can see all the stuff that they cut. And they cut a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I figure they have to do it to make time. But, yeah. I mean, it just... Well, I mean, the, the, it's like I haven't heard from Doug Benson in like 10 minutes, you know? It's because I mean, the person behind, behind shows like these, you know, that I mean, they do the same thing for Whose Line Is Anyway, mm-hmm. is shoot way more than you need. Right. And then, you know, cut, the, you know cut and make gold out of what you have and right. you should have a lot of gold yeah um sometimes they'll even put out a uh, uh, you know it, it's a tradition now for them to do it thursday but they used to occasionally put out they may still do that they may put out if an episode is just gold all the way through they'll okay. put out an uh, extended version of it okay just because this was such a great episode it was just like everything everybody was nailing it yeah so i, I added the uh, at midnight to my downloads and uh, yeah, twenty one minutes. It's something you can watch pretty quick, and it, it's always a good laugh. At least the ones I've seen. So, mm-hmm. um, if you mentioned it before, I I didn't catch on to it. Or yeah, so. well, it, it's sort of like it, it's. You know what? Also, is nice about it? you get to put faces to all the comedians you hear on Douglas. So yes, you, right. That's true. That's and risk. and comedy bang yeah, bang comedy and bang. Uh, and. Yeah, Douglas movies because they have a lot of rotating guests, so you'll mm-hmm. see that. But like, you'll see James Domian on there. You'll see, um, I don't know if Dan Van Kirk's one. He's the guy who does mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg. You already know what Paul Tompkins looks like. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's another nice thing because you like even once you know, like Mike Ross was just on, right? Is that his name? Insult comic Mike Ross. Uh, no, you're thinking uh, about um, Dave uh, Ross, right? Jeff Ross. Jeff, Jeff Ross. Ross. Jeff Ross. Yeah. Gee, if I can remember Jeff, you know, and I knew what he looked like from a long time ago. You hear him on you know podcasts fairly often, right? But you know, you know, just good to see you know because he's he looks different. He has mm-hmm. shaved head right now and, and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, other ones, ones that you I only know their voices. Can you see what they look like? Is kind of 
kind of fun. So yeah, I like At Midnight. At Midnight. You mentioned, you know, because I think I may have talked about it before, but, you know, you didn't do something. And you just think when, even when I say I have something on my list, it doesn't mean, the thing about lists is that you don't necessarily get them in the order that you think is bad things, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't put the best thing at the top of the list. It's, just, it's sort of like, okay, what am I in the mood for now? Sure. Like I went to something that was on my list, even though I have, there's certainly better movies that I could watch. Mm-hmm. But there was something on my list to watch, and it was this movie Lucy, and it was absolutely terrible. Okay. What was Lucy? Who's in it? What's it about? It's, uh, I knew it was going to be Why'd terrible. Why did you watch it? I knew it was going to be terrible, but I, I was kind of curious to see on what level it was terrible. Because it's a, it's a stupid concept, but it's something that could be, it could be stupid on the side of awesomely stupid or stupid on the side of silly stupid. And I was in the mood to watch something stupid, so it fit. It was just stupidly stupid, though. But it, the kind of, it's it's Scarlett Johansson. She has a drug that allows her to use one hundred percent of her her brain, as opposed to ten percent. No. And so she starts being able to do superhero shit, and then actually starts to bend reality. And then I'll spoil it for you because it's no, it's terrible. <laughs> and then she turns herself into a computer. And delivers the information to a group of scientists, one of them played by Morgan Freeman. On, she turns into a USB drive. Worst use for Scarlet. Or, or she turns ever. into she turns into a a column of black goo that turn that makes a USB drive to store all the information they need. Because she knows that the things, the drugs, going to kill her, but she's got to, She wants to give all the information to mm. the good scientists, played by Morgan Freeman. Wow, yeah. Nominated for any Razzies? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Let's see. Well, you're looking up the Razzies, which is probably something we could talk about a little bit. Did you see that story? Um. Did you see that story? Did you see that story? (laughs) I was going to say, it's probably right up your alley for um, stories that don't have enough scientific, or don't have any scientific proof, really, but other than just maybe a hint. The story about how there's, uh, talking about planet X and planet Y being out in the York cloud. Did you see that one? I saw something, yeah, in Reddit Astronomy, or, yeah, about some some study claim that there... Well, the way the story goes is... The study says the evidence supports that there could be these two planets out in the Oort cloud. Two, two Pluto, Plutoids. No, no, larger than Earth. What? More mass, like three times as massive as Earth. Planets out. In the I, cloud. I thought they were just. Um, but you know, at, after you read all through the story, you know, like five or six paragraphs in, the last two paragraphs are, or it could be this, or it could be that, or it could be something else. You know, it's like, you know, it's just one possibility, and there's not any real evidence to prefer this one over, you know, some of these other uh, possibilities. They're, they're saying the way that, like, some of, like, Way Sedna and a couple of these other long-period um, objects are um, perturbed and whatnot, you know, could be described by these two planets. Okay. Astronomers say that two or more large planets may lurk beyond Pluto. It. At least two planets larger than Earth likely lurk in the dark, 
like larger than Earth, likely lurk in the dark depths of space far beyond Pluto, just waiting to be discovered. A new analysis of the orbits of extreme trans-Neptunian objects suggests. Theory predicts a certain said. They say that you know this could have also been perturbed by um, stars nearby in the solar system's uh-huh. birth cluster. It could have been uh, a, a passing, you know, previous pass of another solar system type thing. Yeah, so there's lots of things that could be, but it also could be these two planets that are out there. Planets yeah, that, that's interesting like. because I, I remember reading. But when you read the story, it's like paragraphs yeah. and paragraphs of planet X and Y, and then it's like, oh, it could be these four other things too. It could be the bio over 200 AU from the sun. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be really hard to find. <laughs> it's a lot of space out there. A lot of space out there. They wouldn't. Not they wouldn't have a lot of heat. Light. Yeah. It, you know. You you could. Hopefully, they're... you could find them in infrared if you knew exactly where to look. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully they're covered in ice, right? So their albedo is. One, well, right? that that would just. But I mean, even Pluto is almost all white. So it's crazy hard to get to spot right. So, yeah, it just you just, you have to know exactly where to look, and I don't think you'd be able to find it with visual. I think you have to do with infrared, and and infrared you can't really detect anything that small, <laughs> that far. I don't know how many AU is Pluto. I think it's on the order of seventy. How far th- is Pluto I think that from may the be sun? Wrong, though that may be wrong. Okay, you do that, Siri. 32.6. She even gave me the answer in AU. Look at that. 32. Wow, so I was way off. 200. Yeah. The, I, I remember uh, hearing, you know, if somebody talks about evidence, we could say that we don't have evidence that Pluto orbits the sun. We haven't known about Pluto long enough to track it, to, to, to have a full orbit. You don't have to witness a full orbit. Well, that that's the thing, right? I mean, we don't have to witness because we know we understand how how these things work. But if you're getting really pedantic about it, you could say, well, we "But have... but we don't because we know how these orbits work." But in things that are this far out, mm-hmm. we don't have quite as much of an idea. So when we're looking at these things, we're to make this sort of analysis. Of objects we've only known about for 10, 15 years. You have to make a lot. The article goes on to say that, you know, we don't have a ton of data for, like, Sedna's orbit. Yeah. And for some of these other deep trans-Neptunian objects, right? Um, for people that aren't listening, Sedna is... Is that a dwarf planet, I think? Yeah, like Pluto's a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf planet. It, but it has it's almost has a has an orbit like a comet really, but like it goes way out there, and it's also tilted off the plane of the of the solar system. So is Pluto, by the way. Yeah, yeah, by like twenty degrees or so, like that. So it kind of looks like an orbit, but it like I wanted to say it probably goes two hundred AU or more away from the sun on the far side of its orbit, and um, they've only known about this thing for probably ten years or less. And 
with such a big orbit, yes, they've been tracking what they are tracking, but there's still error bars in yeah. the projected orbit. So they say as they get more data on these orbits, they might be able to narrow down where planet X and planet Y are. But... Well, usually we're, we're, st- we're finding things like this all the time. Like there was a recent mm-hmm. study that found that there is twice as much inter... I forget, I forget how much it was, but tw- at least twice as much intergalactic dust than we thought. And... And also, that was a weird sound that came from me. <laughs> also, is the idea that there might be some some larger things out there all that difficult to to process? I mean, it almost makes sense that in between us and other stars, there's going to be various bits of rocky stuff that just happen to be you know thrown in there. Uh, influencing things now and then by gravity, but mostly just completely skipping us because they're not luminous like stars and, and they don't get, you know, all they do is right. just slowly perturb things. Maybe maybe there's just stuff that isn't part of the solar system. It's just passing by but perturbs thing in some way. There's lots of things that could happen like that. Mm-hmm. So this it's, is... It, it, I don't know, the thing, you know, for a lot of people, it's like they can't really fathom yeah. us not being able to see a planet, you know. But it, it it's almost, even at 200 AU, it's almost beyond our comprehension of size. Yeah. You know? It practically is. I mean, you have to be really practiced in imagining um, galactic events to... I mean, we're starting to find planets everywhere. It wouldn't surprise me if, if our understanding of how planets form is is mistaken. We're finding them everywhere. We're finding them around places we don't think they should be. We're finding mm-hmm. them around, you know, uh, close in on um, red dwarfs and things like that. We're right. We're finding them on, on on. We found a planet around a pulsar. That shouldn't happen. A pulsar is a supernova remnant. So, yeah, I mean, it might have snapped it up. You know, yeah, I mean, after it blew away, it's you know, that's possible. Uh, we based on the theories of planet formation it you know that would be unlikely because a planet would have to form a large enough planet to be detected around a pulsar had to form be kicked out of its system and then find the pulsar system later after it exploded mm-hmm. all that is i mean in, in a universe that's, you know that's infinite it's bound to happen but it's, it's pretty unlikely however if we don't if if there are just things flying all around mm-hmm. and Planets and stars just various scoop up. We haven't been around to to analyze the the skies in any significant way for more than about a hundred years, and less than that, really, in terms mm-hmm. of you know deep analysis of stuff. Right. right. It could be there's just stuff flying out there, and the space is so big it doesn't matter. Could be. You know, it'd be wouldn't be crazy to like catch the news next week that you know that you know. I don't know, how, you know, like this dark Mars-sized body just kind of skipped through the solar system, you mm-hmm. know, like meow, shot through. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't detect that until until it started to perturb the orbits of other things. Well, I mean, it wouldn't. Well, if it shot through the solar system, we would we would see it. Well, that's it. I mean, if it's Mars-sized and it's not way out past, you know, Neptune or whatnot. 
you would think it would be illuminated as it you know as it passes by but yeah it would, it would be illuminated by just a like just a blast pressure of moving through just space in the solar wind at that kind of speed right would cause it to be illuminated so did you see those pictures of a SpaceX uh, landing thing? No, I didn't. I, I should. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. I, I never got around to it. Yeah, so SpaceX was doing a test where they were uh, trying to return the first stage of their rocket. Yeah. Of their, I think it's a new rocket, but first stage of their rocket. I think back. it was a, a, a successful test. It just didn't. Well, part of the test was landing on the well, barge. Well, successful test of the first part. And, it uh, found the barge. It found the barge. It touched the barge. But it touched the barge at about forty-five degree angle mm. and uh, couldn't recover and fell over and blew up. And... But still, I mean, good first try. Yeah, I mean, once they get, you know, if they can get this technology reliable, it's going to save a lot of money because, you know, every time we send a rocket up, the engines burn up, you know, the fuel tanks burn <laughs> up, you know, the whole first stage disposable, and I'm sure rocket engines aren't cheap. Well, that's the thing about rockets, though, is that. Oberth and the rocket equation are so damning. I mean, you have to use at least half your fuel just to get a little bit off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that fuel weighs something, so you have to put that much more weight. It, it, it's so... It's like... It's a terrible return on investment in rockets. They are... They're they're not money makers unless... You know, so that that's why we space is really in the domain of governments. Mm-hmm. There's... Once we find a you know, a way to mine asteroids and bring back trillions of dollars of, you know, metals, stuff like that, then it might become economical. But right now it's just, it's, it's not a feasibly economic situation to send rockets up. Yep. Drones. Your only partner is is just people who make money, people who print money, because that's the only way you can make the money from it. <laughs> and that's why you do it with governments. Right. Good point. Have you had any uh, urges to buy a drone yet? I Only in the sense that I think that they're, like, you can buy little, little tiny ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it used to be, I remember, you used to have to learn how to fly little helicopters in order to just do that as a hobby. But now they have the little four... One little mm-hmm. force things. I don't know what they're called. I mean, that's... Ones. Yeah, the quadcopters. The quadcopters. They're apparently but, just so easy to... But, uh, well, see, that's still a remote-controlled helicopter, right? Drones have the technology so you don't have to know how to fly it, right? Right. You right, just right. tell it... You just... Maybe there's a joystick to control where it goes, but you're not controlling its attitude at all, right? It okay. manages its attitude on its own, right? It it hovers there, right? Mm-hmm. And then you say, go up, go down, go left, go right, you know, where, yeah, like flying a remote-controlled helicopter, flying um, one of those little remote-controlled quadcopters from three or four years ago. Yeah, you had to use, you had to control the fan speeds and stuff mm-hmm. to keep it from flipping over. Um, but no, with the drone, you don't have to, Drones mean you don't have to keep it from crashing, right? You know, the computers usually keep it from crashing, and you just use it to go. Uh, I haven't seriously thought about buying one, but, and, and, you know, the things that I'd want to do with it would be the things that you can't legally do with it right now. You know, I'd want to put a GoPro on it and fly it around the neighborhood, you know, you know and just like, because aerial, I mean, because 
you know, we're humans stuck on the ground. You know, that whole bird's eye view thing is so cool. You know, I I don't want to spy on people. I just want to shoot aerial footage. You See, know? the only thing I would ever want to use it for is just playing around in the office. I'd love to like, fly to somebody's desk. <laughs> <laughs> Send a little fuck you, oh, or just you know, you know, here's a here's a post it note. That, you know, mm-hmm. I need you to take a look at this ticket. <laughs> that would be Go fun to Jeremy's office, <laughs> right? I'd love to be able to shoot like aerial footage of, of things, right? But yeah, I don't know. I would like to have a drone someday for that kind of thing. But you subscribe to Maker Make One. Yeah, that's a lot of work. I'd have to write the software to keep it from crashing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can download that. It's, there's got to be stuff on yeah, SourceForge. It probably is, yeah. SparkFun sells a lot of um, components for drone building, like the individual components, like mm-hmm. the gyroscopes and the all that stuff. Like you'll see, like, so you could probably piece together all the electronics. I don't see. I don't think I've seen motors and stuff on there, but. Yeah, there's a so like uh, I just saw one that was pretty neat where it has a has a smartphone app, right? And I don't think it's I'm not sure if it's in out for commercial purchase yet, but the idea of this thing is that you can program it to like follow you or follow your phone. So imagine like you're skiing down the hill, right? And you want your drone to t- shoot footage of you skiing, right? Mm-hmm. So you just on your smartphone say follow me, put the phone in your pocket, and you go do whatever. The drone follows you snowboarding down the hill. I mean, if that actually worked, that'd be that'd be great. You just don't go near any trees, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a um, there's a video from OK Go, you know the the treadmill guys, right? Uh, they have you seen the one that I'm talking about where you don't notice that? Uh, I guess I I've already spoiled it, but it's the camera is on a drone, but you don't notice it at first, right? You because they don't do anything altitude wise at first, but you know it it just looks like it's on a trolley. You know, and then all of a sudden it goes up, and, and as it's going up, I'm like, okay, crane shot. And then my first thought is, well, that's a really tall crane. And then it goes up more. It's like, oh, not a crane. Then you're like, yeah. so then they start really playing. It's it's a neat video. I'll play it for you after the um, the pre show here, and or maybe before the post show. Well, I mean, thinking about like what you can do in terms of nature documentaries and stuff like that. Now you put high def cameras on little drones go, but also like, okay, so imagine. With that follow thing, you know they have Russian dash cams. Yeah, yeah. So imagine they have a Russian. They have thus like a little drone that follows your car and can see all the stuff around your okay, car. Right. It's not going to happen because I mean, you can't fly drones in bad weather. You can't fly drones and uh, mm-hmm. go through tunnels. <laughs> you can't fly <laughs> drones on, on you know anywhere there's power lines or anything like right. that. So. Mm-hmm. I know Google's having a hard time with their with their self drivable car for reasons like that. First of all, it, they they can't fly at any time except for good weather. But they also it it can tell when there is a it it can tell when there's a new traffic light put in on the road. Mm-hmm. It can see those. I think if if they're in the right sort of position, but like if if. You've seen those portable traffic lights or mm-hmm. detours. It doesn't right. know what to do in those situations. And if there's a new stop sign, it won't know it. And so that's all the stuff that you I figure, think. Will... They should be able to. I mean, you figure they would have that problem licked, like the stop sign, right? Because they just released that whole sign translate thing, yeah. right? 
you showed me that app you had before, right? Well, Google has an app like that now, right? Where you can hold the thing up and it translates the text on the sign. If they can do that, they should be able to spot a stop sign, you know? But I mean, it's, it's, I I'm think not it, saying it's an easy problem, but I'm, you know, Google already has a car they can drive. So I think the problem is more along the lines of our roads need to be smarter. Mm-hmm. They need to give more information in order for this sort of thing to work. Because right now we're used to just getting it all through a flurry of visual information that we have to study up for, mm-hmm. you know, for, for several months to be able to do it well. Uh, and so we have to go through a teaching process uh, when we were already past the point where we understand how the dynamics of things teaching a computer that, and they don't have an, an any understanding of dynamics and pattern solving that we do right. is a very, very, very difficult situation. So you just have to be sending out the roads need to be sending out a lot more information. Right. And maybe it could be the case where finding a stop signs an easier problem, but reading other signs is not right. Cause I mean, I could imagine you could have it look for octagons. Yeah. You but can have it look for octagons, but what, what if it's blocked yeah. by a little bit of, of, yeah. you know, tree? I mm-hmm. mean, we can, we can see that there, Oh, it, it's a stop sign. It's partially blocked. Right. By, but you know, but I can see that there's a stop sign there. Right. Also, it has problems reading traffic lights if they're directly in the sun. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do I. Yeah, but you you can use other thing ways to tell. You can crane your neck. You can yeah, turn around. Right. These are fixed cameras. You know, there's mm-hmm. right a lot of problems. Sure. All right. Drink some beer. Drink some beer.